your secretary to confirm the quorum? Um, Chair, we do Recording in progress. I'll proceed with the roll call, Chair, if that's okay. Proceed. Thank you. Chair, Ms. Mwatsi, Chair. Chair, Ms. Mwatsi is on the platform, Chair. Um, yes, yes, Andre. Okay. Morning, Chairperson. Morning, everyone. I'm present. Good morning. Chair, Ms. Malamatia, Mr. Malamatia, Chair. Morning, Chairperson. Morning, Secretary. I'm present. Morning. Mr. Mumbayani, Chair. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, colleagues. I'm present. Thank you. Good morning. Chair, Ms. Yaku, Chair. Morning, Chair. I'm going to try and find a better network so that I can be able to show my video next time we deliberate. Thank you. And good morning. Chair, Mr. Mulder, Chair. Good morning, um, Chair. Good morning, all. I'm present. Good morning. Chair, Mr. Cuthbert, Chair. Good morning, Chair. Good morning. Chair, Ms. Mutahun, Chair. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, everyone. I'm present. Good morning. Chair, Mr. Burns, Namasi, Chair. Moloslalo, Namalungwe, Gomiti, Namobonga, Bandu, Ndikona. Good morning. Chair, currently those are the all members on the platform. I'm assuming others will join us. They may have connectivity challenges, Chair. And if I receive an apology, I will indicate you. Mr. Fling just joined us, Chair, as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> morning, morning, Chair. Morning, colleagues. Uh, I, I joined about five minutes ago, Andre. You may have okay. missed me. <laughs> good morning. Okay. Okay. Anyway, leaders on even late. You just delayed. <laughs> good morning. Can we flight the agenda, please? Thank you very much. There is the agenda. I've, um, it's opening and welcome. Apologies. Adoption of the agenda. Then we'll have the briefing by the Special Investigation Unit, Investigating Unit, um, on the status of its investigation into allegations of corruption at the National Lotteries Commission. We'll have a short break, 15-minute break, and then continue discussions. Then we will look at the draft program. Uh, we will explain to PC when we get there uh, why we are looking at um, changes to possible changes to our program and then closing remarks. So we should conclude by two. Um, so uh, I have already welcomed everyone on this platform um, and I declare this meeting open. We know that um, the president in his commitment to South Africa to fight corruption um, pro uh, proclaimed, had a pro uh, issued a proclamation on the 6th of November 2020 um, with specific reference to um, 
the NLC investigating the NLC, the period of investigation was determined to be from the 1st of January 2014 until the 6th of November 2014. The scope of the uh, investigation, according to the proclamation, um, refers to maladministration in terms of the affairs of the NLC in relation to, number one, the investment of funds of the National Lottery Distribution Trust Fund established in terms of Section 21 of the National Lotteries Act, number 57 of 1997, contrary to the applicable provisions of the Lotteries Act. And secondly, the allocation of money in the fund to beneficiaries were not entitled thereto in terms of the applicable provisions of the Lotteries Act 1997. Therefore, the purpose of this meeting today is to receive a, a status report from the SIU. We know that you are still, you haven't concluded your work, but we're asking for a status report on your investigations into the allegations of corruption at the National Lotteries Commission. So I see we are, we are, uh, the SIU is led by the unit head, the SIU unit head, Miss um, Ad Advocate Motibi. So I'll hand over to you, Advocate Motibi and your team. Uh, we note also that uh, the department is also represented on this platform by um, the acting CEO, COO and the, um, the chief director of audit. Thank you very much. Uh, can we proceed? Andre is uh, advocate Motibi on the platform. He's Mr. on the platform chair. He, you will see him there. He's on the platform. And Thank you. No problem, Chair. Right. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chair uh, and Honourable Members of the Portfolio Committee. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to come and present uh, to this Honourable Committee on the status of uh, our investigations uh, into the National Lotteries Commission. Uh, as you correctly uh, mentioned, Honorable Chair, the investigation is still ongoing. Um, uh, we're hoping to conclude, and we will indicate in the, in, in the body of the presentation, we're hoping to conclude part one of the uh, investigation uh, by the end of March, and the report uh, will reach the president uh, in April, following which, uh, if the president makes it, uh, makes it public, uh, or the committee could obtain a copy from the president. Uh, I would like to just start off, Honorable Chair, if you permit, um, by introducing the team members from SIU that are attending with me. Uh, I'm joined by uh, the following members. Uh, I'm joined by Mr. Leonard Lecheto, uh, who will be doing the presentation with me. He's the Chief National Investigations Officer. This investigation is conducted under his guidance uh, with, uh, with a team of uh, investigators under him. We're also joined by Mr. Keiza Khanyaho. He is the Head of Communications and Stakeholder Relations 
and the spokesperson for, for the SIU. We're also joined by Mr. Mashudu Nachikweta. Uh, he's the specialist forensic uh, investigator reporting to Mr. Lacheto. We're also joined by Mr. Nelson Machaba. He is the principal forensic uh, legal uh, advisor. He advises the team that's investigating so that ultimately we, we, we reach the appropriate legal outcomes. We are also joined by Ms. Rehani Hardjechen. Um, uh, she is also a head of investigations based in Mpumalanga, but she is uh, attached to this investigation uh, just to help out the team. Uh, those are the members from SIU that, uh, that are joining uh, uh, this meeting today. Uh, I'm going to ask Mr. Lecheto, uh, assuming he's given, been given the rights to reflect the presentation. Thank you. We'll go to the next slide. Can we just go to, um, to slide mode? Mr. Lecheto? Are you in slide mode, Mr. Lafayette, please? Mr. Lafayette, can you hear us? Slide mode, please. Confirm if it's in slide mode. Or PowerPoint mode, so that we don't see your border of your program that you're working in. If it's not possible, then please proceed. I want to confirm. Um, so it's full yes, screen. Sorry, Chairperson, the, 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 the presentation is on a PDF, so it's not a presentation. Uh, it's on not in a, in, a, in, a, in a slide mode, it's in a presentation. It's in a PDF format. Okay. Um, it's probably a technical uh, uh, issue that because we have, prepared, okay. uh, we have prepared a PowerPoint presentation. It's in slide formats. Uh, perhaps it's just from our side that uh, perhaps as, as PDF as it is, whether we are not able to convert it to a slide mode or, uh, but honorable chair, uh, is it, it, is visible, is it so you can proceed? Is it visible? Thank you very much. We, are, we appreciate that indulgence. Um, uh, we, we, we may proceed. This presentation outline does really will touch on the legislative mandate and not go into detail as the honorable committee is familiar with the legislative mandate. And then we'll touch on the SIU operating model, mainly referring to the outcomes that we seek to reach as we investigate. And then we will go into the proclamation uh, itself, where Mr. Lechato will then pick up and go direct into the status of the, of the investigations. Next slide, please. The legislative mandate, uh, honorable chair and honorable members, as it's uh, known to the honorable committee, uh, the SIU 
is enabled by the Special Investigating Units and Special Tribunals Act of 74 of 1996. That's really the one that regulates our, our business in terms of investigations and other outcomes. We also take into account other legislations. We really just made mention there of the Criminal Procedure Act, because often we reach criminal, uh, criminal law outcomes, which have to be dealt with in terms of the Criminal Procedure Act. And when we investigate, because often we investigate allegations of corruption, we then take into account the Prevention and Combating of Corrupt Activities Act. Our major function, bottom left, uh, includes, as I indicated, to investigate corruption, malpractice, and maladministration. We ultimately institute civil proceedings. Uh, within our powers is those powers that really are granted to any of the law enforcement agencies uh, to enable us to do our work, Apple, uh, able to subpoena search and seize for, for evidence, and we also, as I indicated, ultimately institute uh, civil litigation to recover the state funds or to prevent future losses. We, as SIU, uh, where there's a need to arrest, we then enlist the services of the HOCS or SAPS, uh, and where there is a need for prosecution to follow. Uh, in our case, the legislation says when we pick up evidence pointing to criminal offence, we then refer to NPA. Uh, out of our scope is also the actual implementation of disciplinary action. While we do collect evidence, and I'll come back uh, again to that, uh, it is the accounting officer or accounting authority that has the responsibility to implement uh, the, the disciplinary actions. Well, we, we work closely with other relevant agencies uh, where we really need to. Next slide, please. Uh, not to spend a lot of time on this, but our vision as we do our work, uh, we would like us to achieve a, a vision where SIU is a preferred and trusted anti-corruption forensic investigation and litigation agency. Uh, this, we say so, uh, because we know that we are competing with uh, private companies out there that conduct similar work that we do, but we would like to be preferred, and we know that to be preferred, we have to bring our part. We have to investigate effectively, adequately, speedily, bring out legally sound outcomes. So that is what we are geared up to achieve based on the strategy we have adopted. We've got our mission there, and then the, uh, our work is values-based. Integrity is at the center of what we do. We also would like uh, our teams and the, and the stakeholders to cooperate. Teamwork, professionalism, efficiency, independence, and drive and passion. Next slide, please. Uh, honorable Chair, these are some of the consequence, uh, consequences or the outcomes I would have mentioned above. Uh, I would like to just spend a few minutes on this one because the rest of the presentation is going to be mentioning all of these uh, in terms of the outcomes uh, that we reach. So uh, the civil litigation part, uh, it's areas where uh, there is a need. Once we have found that the state has lost money uh, as a result of an action 
either of an official or a state institution, uh, we then institute civil litigation. We are legislatively empowered to start and end that process, uh, to institute civil proceedings where there are potential recoveries of assets. We also apply for preservation orders. This is where we freeze assets at an early stage of the investigation where there is a prima facie evidence. So in this, in this space, that's where we ensure that we approach the, uh, the special tribunal since its inception in 2019. Before then, we were approaching the high courts, but because we've realized that there's delays at the high courts, um, uh, the president then proclaimed the special tribunal in 2019, and we have seen the value of that. Uh, the speeding of lit litigation, the speeding of all those uh, preservation orders. Now, the disciplinary action and referrals to state institution, I've already sort of touched on this, where there is evidence that we pick up pointing that anyone, any, whether it's an official or an accounting of authority, whether it's a board member or any other level, we then take that evidence. We package it and deliver it to the state institution, to the accounting uh, authority or accounting officer, so that action can be taken. Uh, we do support that process by providing witnesses from our investigators so that that process can be uh, successful. And I, uh, the, the next slide, the next block, it's uh, the legislation says where we pick up uh, evidence that points to the commission of an offense. Uh, the, the legislative injunction is that we must refer that evidence to NPA. Uh, and we will be indicating uh, in, in, in the presentation how many uh, referrals are we likely to make to the NPA in this regard. And then, of course, we pick up evidence as we do the investigation that uh, there's other regulatory infractions by various entities or by various companies. In this case, uh, various non-profit organizations, non-profit companies, and so on, and other professionals like uh, legal practitioners and all those others. In that case, we then take the evidence, we refer it to the regulatory authorities that are charged with the authority to deal with those infractions. And we do follow up and support with the evidence to an extent that it is dealt with adequately. The, the, the bottom uh, line there that says systemic recommendations, <clears throat> if our, our investigations often reveal uh, either failure of governance processes, failure of systems, failure of people, uh, failure of processes, and so on. So, so as we investigate maladministration, ultimately, would, as one of the main outcomes is to assist ultimately with the improvement of the administration, then we make this systemic recommendation to improve on the system. And that we've got a function in SIU that's, so when the investigators are done, they hand over to that function where the systemic recommendations are engaged with, with the state institution so that uh, the system can be improved. So honorable chair and honorable members, this is pretty much the outcomes that we seek to reach speedily. 
so that there is consequence management at the end. Uh, uh, I'm going to then uh, to the to the next slide. This is where my colleague, Mr. Lacheto, will start to pick up. Uh, this proclamation was proclaimed by the president following the allegations that were received by SIU. Uh, so the process that we follow is that when we receive the allegations, we then consider them against the legislative provisions. And we then, when we are satisfied that there is a basis to investigate, we draft the proclamation. It goes through the process until it's signed off by the president. So proclamation 32 of 2020 authorized SIU to investigate into the National Lotteries Commission. At this stage, Honorable Chair, I'll hand over to my colleague, uh, Mr. Lecheto, to proceed with the status and other outcomes that we have reached to date. I need to just mention, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, that uh, because this is a status report, uh, the investigation has not been concluded. Uh, but in those instances where uh, we have concluded a particular focus area to enable us to reach an outcome, whether to investigate or to implement civil litigation or to send for a uh, disciplinary action or to refer to the, to the NPA and so on, we do action those as and when they are uh, referred, as and when the evidence is picked up. So we don't wait until at the end when we submit the report for those actions to be taken. And only when those actions are public uh, are we able to mention the names. Uh, so in this, in this uh, presentation, where we mention the names, it would be instances where those actions have been made public. Uh, for example, there's a slide that will deal with the preservation orders that we obtained from the special tribunal. Uh, then we are, we are mentioning the names of the companies or NPOs simply because they are public. So in other areas, we've reducted the names, honorable chair and honorable members, just to guard against the legal risk and also not to compromise the investigations going forward and the possible outcomes that may be reached. I thought I would mention this to the Honorable Committee. When we complete, uh, as I said, when we complete phase one, we will do a detailed report. And in that detailed report, there will be names, there will be actions that we've taken, and that the phase, uh, the phase one report is scheduled to reach the president in April. So the, the committee would probably be made, uh, uh, it will be made uh, available to the committee and all of the details will be in that report. Mr. Lacheto, uh, I pause here and hand over to you, sir. Over to you, Mr. Lacheto. Thank you, Chair. No. Thanks, Advocate, and thanks, the Chairperson, and thanks, Honorable Member. I will be continuing the presentation as indicated. Chairperson, with your permission, I'm going to ask that I shove the camera so that I can see the bandwidth. Uh, if I continue with the, with the background, Chairperson, when you started, you clearly outlined the background as to how the proclamation came and what are the issues that we are required to investigate. So I'm not going to go through it because you have clearly outlined it. 
Then I'll go to slide number 10. Maybe just before I start, Chairperson, I just need to outline so that the committee can able to follow the presentation. The presentation is dealing with former board member, and it also deals with an official of NLC that are involved in some of these uh, uh, allegations that we have investigated. So you'll see that we have mentioned former board member, of which is going to be former board member one, and there's also former board member two, so that you can able to follow. Then we've got senior official or official of NLC. So that's how we, we, we tackle some of the, the members in the, in the presentation. So starting with slide number 10, we, it's investigation uh, into former board member one who resigned. And this former board members uh, was appointed as a non-executive member to serve on the NLC board from 20 April 2017 by the then Minister of Trade and Industry. And his appointment, period of appointments was for five years, which we had it from uh, April 2017, ending in 13 March uh, 2022. And this same former board member, we have identified that he is a trustee of one of the trusts and is also a sole director of a group of companies. And during the presentation, we'll outline some of the companies that benefited out of the, uh, the company that benefited out of the NP, NPO of the, that received granting from uh, NLC. So we'll start with the NPO one and we'll deal with the money laundering by the former board member. And the, the investigation has identified that the identity of the NPO one was hijacked and 23 million grant funding was paid to the NPO. And the purpose of the grant was to build an all-age home in Pumalanga. The project was started but not completed as the fund allocated to the project were redirected to individuals connected to NLC. The investigation has revealed that 5 million of the 23 million received from the NLC uh, went into the bank of the NPO1, was transferred to one attorney of the group of company belong to the former board member for the transfer of a luxury immovable property in favor of the headlines. Here we're still talking about the former board member one who received 5 million and that 5 million went to the transfer of a, a luxury immovable property in, to that member. Then still continue with the money laundering by the former board member. Uh, and his, uh, So on the 6th of December 2017, the Family Trust paid 565,000 uh, from its account to the former board member's private account. And on 29 January 2020, further 300,000 uh, was paid to an unidentified bank account the reference for payment has been identified as that of the former board member. On the 9th of September 2016, NPO2 now uh, submitted an application for grant funding for construction of a drug rehabilitation center. And on the 7th of October 2016, the application was approved 
for funding of 17 million. And on 20 October 2016, two days after the signing of the agreement by NLC and NPO2, NPO2 appointed a company linked to one of the senior officials of NLC for the construction and refurbishment of the rehabilitation center. And on the 22nd November 2016, a day after the NPO received a payment of 7.5 million into the account, 3.3 million was transferred to the, to the appointed company linked to the senior official of NLC. And on the same day, the same company transferred 1 million into the private bank account of the former board member one. It will be noted that the company appointed by NPO2 was owned by the brother to one of the senior officials of NLC. So what happened is that the, 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 the NPO, the, the, the NLC granted fund to NPO2 and NPO2 appointed the brother to one of the senior officials of NLC. NPO2 submitted application to the NLC to build a new drug rehabilitation center in Gauteng and the NPO uh, refurbish and build extra building structure to an existing rehabilitation center. Here is just to indicate that the only work that they did, they just refurbish and build extra building structure to an existing drug rehabilitation uh, center. Mind you that they received a huge sum of money. Then going back to NPO, NPC one on 19 October 2016, NPC1 received grant funding of about 7.5 million from NLC. And on 29 November 2016, a federal grant of 7.5 million was paid by NLC to, to NPC. The purpose of the grant application was to build a drug rehabilitation center in Ipumalanga. The construction of the center was was ongoing in 2021 when SIU visited the area for site inspection and interview. And on December 2016, the NPC one transferred an amount of 3.4 million into the bank account of a company owned by the brother of the senior official of NLC. And on the following day, that is 2nd of December 2016, the same company transferred 1 million to the former board member's bank account. That's former board member one. The construction of drug rehabilitation center was still ongoing when SIU visited the center in November 2021. And mind you, the grant funding was approved in 2016, but even now it's still ongoing, the, the building. Then conflict of interest by former board member one, the SIU investigation has revealed that during the period March to May 2018, the former board member received a total of 5.4 million into his personal bond account from various NPOs. The bond was for his primary residence house that is situated in, in, in Houghton. It has been determined that the NPO and NPO3 that is NPO3 received grant from NLC to the tune of 8 million in 2015. 
And the NPO3 was used as a conduit to make an application on behalf of another NPO. The purpose of the application was to develop women in the Eastern Cape. NPO3 also received funds from hijacked NPO, then transferred some of the funds into certain NLC officials. Still on NPO3, the SIU has determined that upon receipt of grant funding from NLC, the hijack NPOs transfer money to one of the key role players' bank account. And on the 28th of March 2018, NPO3 paid 2 million of the 5.4 million paid into, into the personal bond account of the former board member one. Here we're still talking about the former board member one and in relation to his conflict and the benefit that he has received out of the NPO that received grant from NLC. Then NPO4, during the period 2015 to 2018, NPO4 received three NLC grants uh, to the value of 6.4 million. Then NPO4 transferred 1.4 million to one known company and on the 4th of April 2018, the known company transfer 1.9 to one former board member's personal bank account. Here we're still talking about the very same former board member one. An investigation now into, into former board member two. Now we are dealing with another former board member. On the 6th of March 2018, board member two signed an agreement of sale as a purchase of a property in Houghton for 27 million. A deposit in the amount of 25 million uh, was paid by the former board member two into the trust account of one conveyancing attorney. And NPO5 applied for a grant funding for the construction of an old age home to NLC. The application was approved and a grant funding of 23 million was approved by, the, by NLC. And on 16 October 2017, the NLC effected a payment of 20 million into the NPO5 bank account. Construction of the old age home was started, but the construction remained incomplete until today. And on 20 October 2017, NPO5 transferred 11.7 million to one company belonging to one of the key role players who ultimately transferred an amount of 9.2 million to the conveyancing attorney of the former board member two. The money was part of the deposit paid towards the property purchased by the former board member two. <clears throat> And former board member two further received one million from the company owned by the brother of one senior official of NLC for the deposit of a luxury vehicle. And it is clear that the company belonging to the brother of one senior official of NLC was used as a vehicle to launder money received by NPOs from NLC. Now dealing with NPO six, NPO6 applied for grant funding in 2016-17 for construction of athletic tracks in Northern Cape. The application was approved and a grant funding to the value of 15 million was approved. NPO6 
An NLC signed a grant agreement on 26 February 2018. NLC effected payments of 50 million into the account of the NPO 6 on 7 March 2018. The initial 15 million granted to the NPO was misused. The project only started when NLC granted further 4.2 million into the NPO. NPO 6 paid 10 million to one known company. On the same day, the money was paid into the account. And on the 14th of March, 2018, the known company paid an amount of 2.5 million to the conveyancing attorney of the former board member two. Remember the former board member two uh, purchased a property to the value of 27 million. So all this money was going to the same attorney so that it can go for, for the purchasing of that property uh, belonging to the former board member two. Then the former board member two also received 4 million from NPO seven through his attorney in order to purchase the very same uh, property, which is worth 27 million. Then investigation to the senior official of NLC. Uh, the senior official of NLC was involved in a number of business activities with individual and entities that are directly or indirectly benefiting from NLC grants. We have identified the key individuals involved. During 2015 to 2016, both senior officials of NLC and one known individual, they've registered two trusts. Table in the next slides are the NPO debt transfer money to one of the trust account, which was established by the NLC official and one individual. So if you can see here in the, in the right, extreme right, you see that the NPO or entity, and on the other side is the amount received from those NPO and the NPC. You can see the first one, the NPC to uh, transfer 1 million into the trust account. Then there's a private company, which also private company received money from one of the NPO, and after receiving money from the NPO, that private company transferred 2.9 into the trust account. And private company too also received money from the NPO. And after that, it transferred 3 million into the trust account. Then together with company, private uh, company three, transfer 1.4, private company four, transfer 850,000. Then private company five, transfer 1 million. Private company six transferred 3.7 million, and private company seven transferred uh, 100,000. So all this private company received money from the NPO. And after receiving money from the NPO, then it transferred the money into the trust account that is owned by one individual and one senior official of NLC. After the trust received funds from the NLC NPO, the funds were further redistributed to senior official NLC personal account and other family business. As you can see that the money went to into the trust account. After the trust account, then the money is being paid now into the officials, senior official of NLC and some of the, the, the family businesses. You can see that a private uh, company uh, was received 240,000 and a family trust received 1.2 million 
a restaurant received 560 and private company eight. And just like that, all of those money were received from, from, from the trust account. Then company belonging to the brother of one senior official of NLC. The company was established by the elder brother to the senior official of NLC in 2016. And the elder brother resigned as a member in March 2017. The directorship still remained in the closed cycle of friends and family members of NLC official. Uh, I think that was done maybe just because so that uh, the link should not be known, but the company was established by the brother. And table in the next slide showed the NPO that transfer money to the company belonging to the brother of one senior official of NLC. As you can see, the slide might be, uh, the writing might be uh, small, but you can see that private company 10 received, uh, transferred uh, 560,000 and private company six transferred 2.7, private company 10 transferred 150,000 and NPO 10 transferred 2.3, private company one transfer 1.1 million and family trust transfer 950,000 and private company 11 transfer 1.5 million and private company five transferred 2.5 million, and NPO 10 transferred 4 million, private company four transferred 2.3, private company, I don't see the number there, transferred 300,000, and private company three transferred 5.9 million, and private company three transferred 2.7, and NPO two transferred 3.5, NPO NPC three transferred 4 million. And a total value of transaction uh, that was received by the company owned by the brother of one senior official of NLC is 34.8 million. And during the period 3 March 2016 to 11 July 2018, the company of the brother of one of the senior official of NLC paid a total of 5.6 million to the benefit of senior officials and the entity linked to his family. The table below shows the, the amount received from the company to the official. So what happened is that NPO transfer money to the, to the trust account. Then from the trust account, the money is transferred to the company owned by the brother of one senior official of NLC. Then from the, the company that's owned by the brother of senior official of NLC, now they transfer this money to the benefit of the official of NLC. You can see 19 May, uh, 3.5 was paid for school payments for the son of that official. And 24 May, 830 was paid for the maths lessons. 19 July, 27, 100,000 was paid into the official's bank account. 1 July, 37,000 is paid. 27 March, uh, 1.6 is, is paid for to a travel agency company. And 24 December, 200,000 is paid. And 26 April, 2016, 100,000 100, is paid. And 19 July, 1.5 is paid into the farming business and 12 October 2017, 
50,000 is paid into the family trust belonging to that official of NLC. Now dealing with NPO 6, 20, in 2015, the NPO 6 submitted the application for grant funding to NLC for an amount of 25 million. The application was unsuccessful. And in 2018, the NPO 6 submitted a second application for grant funding for the construction of athletic track, uh, tracks in Northwest and Northern Cape province. The application was approved, grant funding to the value of 50 million and was granted to the NPO 6. Then finding is that upon receipt of the funding, 10 million was transferred to one known entity's bank account. 5 million was used for personal capacity and one senior official of NLC submitted a motivation to NLC for additional funding of 4.2 million to be issued to the NPO and the request was subsequently approved. And NLC paid NPO 6 a total of 19 million of which 15 million grant funding an additional 4.2, which was applied by a senior official from NLC so that the NPO can get more funding. And athletic tracks, change room, renovation, soccer field, grass, stadium, and grandstanding painting were only done after NLC approved further funding amounting to 4.2 million. And there is no value to, 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 for the money. You can see that Initially, the grant was given, nothing was done. Then the official applied for federal funding. And as a result, the federal funding was the only one which was used to do the, the renovation as it was initially uh, uh, applied for. Then flow of money from bank accounts, a company used the money to purchase properties and a company transferred 2.5 million to the conveyance attorney of the former board member, and 2.2 was transferred to financial service for the payments of a loan. Other amounts were transferred to other accounts and used for personal benefit. They used it for purchasing and repairing of vehicle. The vehicle include Honda Jazz, Mercedes-Benz E63, Mercedes-Benz SLK AMG E63, and Audi A3. That's the money that was approved it was not used for the purpose that was intended for. And when we deal with NPO2, in 2016, the NPO2 submitted the application for grant funding for HIV program to the value of seven, 700,000. And the application was unsuccessful. In late November, 2016, an amount of 15 million was paid uh, into the NPO's bank account. The NPO was hijacked and signatory to the bank uh, account was changed to three known individuals. Finding is as follow. The known individual hijacked the identity of the NPO2 and submitted an application to NLC dated 9 September 2016, requesting funding for the construction of a drug rehabilitation center in Gauteng. The application was approved and NLC awarded a total of 27 million grant funding to the NPO2. Few buildings blocks were constructed in an existing drug rehab in Gauteng. 
the newly constructed structure are in poor quality and there's no value to show that 27 million was really used for the purpose it was intended for. And when we analyze the flow of the 27 million, uh, as mentioned above, NPO uh, was awarded 27.5 million of the amount paid to NPO to 10 million uh, was paid to one known individual's personal account. 3.1 was paid to the same individual's law firm. 3.5 was paid to a company owed by the brother to one of the senior officials of NLC. That's how the money was distributed, the 27 million. An NPO2 bank account statement revealed that two amounts of 267,000 and 271,000 were used for the purchase of two food outlet franchises owned by one known individual. The bank statement further revealed that 5 million were transferred to one attorney for the purchase of 11 million farm. And it has been determined that 200,000 was paid from the NPO to bank account for the purchase of a vehicle. And when dealing with NPO 8, NPO 8 submitted application for grant funding to NLC on 11 February 2016 for 49 million. The, the purpose of the request was to assist another NPC for the project of drilling 200 borehole in Limpopo, Mpumalanga, Northwest, Free State, and Eastern Cape. And on 19 February 2016, NLC approved NPO 8 uh, grant funding to the value of 55.4 million. And on 22nd February 2016, NPO 8 and other NPC signed a memorandum of understanding that the grant will be transferred to another NPC within two working days upon receipt thereof. And on 24 February 2016, NPO 8 transferred the grant funding of 55.2 million to the bank account of another NPC as per the sign agreement. Financial investigation shows that upon the transfer of that 55 million, a total of 10 million was transferred to one entity for services which were not or never rendered. And 599,000 was used to purchase a new vehicle. An amount of 158,000 was also used to purchase another new vehicle. And 2.6 was used to purchase a property. 1 million was transferred to the call account to, of the known entity and 2.2 million was transferred to another known entity. 341,000 was used to purchase a second-hand vehicle. And 200 value for money, 200 borehole in five different provinces were drilled and equipped by two private companies. One entity received 10 million for doing no work. Now dealing with NPO 9, NPO 9 was registered with the Department of Social Development on 24 May 2012. And on 7 December 2017, one known individual submitted the application for grant funding to NLC 
on behalf of the NPO 9. The purpose for the, of the application was for the construction of integrated sports facility in Limpopo. NPO 9 was granted a grant funding of 15 million. The financial analysis of the NPO 9 uh, is as follows. Uh, the financial analysis of conducted on the NPO bank account has revealed that a total of 695,000 was transferred from the NPO 9's bank account to one known individual's personal bank account and 6.6 was transferred to his business account. The remaining amount was transferred to unknown accounts that the SIU is still pursuing. Value for money, NPO 9 only changed 13 doors and patent the grandstand of an existing stadium. No value mine for money was received uh, for, for this grant. Now dealing with NPC 2, NPC 2 submitted an application on 7 June 2016 for grant funding to the amount of 50 million by the founding member of the NPC. The NPC did not receive a response from NLC. One known individual submitted the documentation to NLC of change of the NPC ownership and also changed the bank details of the NPC too. The NLC adjudicated the initial application submitted on 7 June 2016. And it should be noted that the initial application was adjudicated beyond the 150 uh, days prescribed by the NLC Act. NPC too received a grant finding of 10.1 million on 24 May 2017 from NLC. This is just an indication how some of the NLC were hijacked, where the owner applied and he never received any correspondence. As a result, a new application was submitted without the knowledge of the initial NPC owner. And findings, the purpose of the application submitted by NPC uh, to NLC, NPC 2 to NLC was to host South African Youth Award. And in the final report by to NLC by the NPC 2 indicated that the events took place as planned and invoices were also submitted to the set of the said event. And according to one government entity, NPO 2 has never funded, sponsored, or went into joint venture for hosting of any award, whereas they submitted a report to indicate that they managed to host the award as the application was. And when we look at the financial analysis of the NPC2, uh, financial analysis of the NPC2 bank account shows that money was transferred to company either owned by the known individual or his close friends. 3.2 was transferred to one entity linked to the known individual. 1.7 was transferred to an, to an investment entity of that individual. And 1 million was transferred to the trust account owned by senior official of NLC and his family. So that's how the money was spent. Remember, they submitted the reports to NLC that the events took place and they, they, they managed to sponsor the award. And still a, a financial analysis of NPC2, 
we can see that 2.1 million went to another known entity, 1 million was transferred to another known entity, and 151,000 went to another known entity, 1.5 million was transferred to the senior official NLC families uh, company, and 500,000 went to the company of wife of the senior official of NLC. Now dealing with NPO 11. NPO 11 was hijacked by non-individual. In terms of the application submitted to NLC by the hijackers were to build a cricket sports development and training for the disadvantaged community in Northern Cape. The grant finding of 5.5 million was awarded to the NPO by NLC. The entire amount was not used for its intended purpose. And the financial analysis of the NPO 11 is as follow. Uh, 1.7 uh, million and 500,000 were transferred to two entities owned by one of the known NPO hijacker. And 1.1 million was transferred to one of the NPO hijacker key role player and close early to the senior official of NLC the entire amount was ultimately transferred to the entity linked to the family of the senior official of NLC. The entire grant was embezzled and no work was done. NPO5, NPO5 was also hijacked by one known hijacking uh, key individual. Uh, they submitted a fraudulent application to NLC in their name using the MPO5 profile to build an all-age home in Northwest province. They then opened a new bank account for the NPO. NPO was granted 23 million grant funding by NLC on 27 September 2017. And on 16 October 2017, NLC made a payment of 20 million to the NPO's bank account. And financial analysis of the NPO5 between 17 and 27 October 2017, an amount of totaling 11.7 million was transferred from NPO's bank account to the business bank account of private company two. Between 19 and 27 October 2017, the owner of the private company two, refer above, transfer an amount of totaling 9.2 million to a bank account of a conveyancing attorney for the purchase of the 27 million immovable property to the benefit of former NLC board member two. Remember, we spoke about the purchase of a property initially of the former board member. So money still were transferred to the conveyancing attorney. Then the attorney will use the money in order for the bond that was uh, taken for the purchase of that immovable property. The old age home construction that was started remained unfinished to this day, whereas the more than 20 million was transferred to this NPO. Now dealing with NPO 7, an application for grant was submitted on behalf of the legitimate NPO members by known individual. The application was for the construction of an old age home in Limpopo. The known individual changed the banking account of the NPO7 without the knowledge of the legitimate member of the NPO7. 
The application was subsequently approved and 20 million was granted by NPO to NPO7 by NLC. The legitimate member of NPO7 became aware that NLC paid grant funding to the value of 22.5 million, 22 million to the NPO, that is NPO7. They then approached NLC to alert them that they paid money to the hijackers of NPO7. NLC arranged a meeting with the legitimate member of NPO7 and the hijackers to try and resolve the issue amicably. Instead of opening a criminal case against the hijackers and recover the money, NLC opted to grant further funding of 7.8 million to the legitimate members so that they can finalize the work that the initial uh, application was meant for. And out of the 22.5 million paid to the hijackers, 4 million was transferred to convincing attorney for the purchase of the 27 million immovable property by the former NLC board member. The remainder of 22 million lot was transferred to a company owned by one of the hijackers. The funds were laundered from his company to another company linked to himself and those of the family of one senior official of NLC. Construction of the old age home was started by the legitimate member of NPO7 after they were awarded over 7 million grant by NLC, but the project was abandoned a few years back. Now dealing with NPO 13, NLC initiated a project that is proactive funding project to build a museum and a library in Northern Cape Province. NPO 13 received 20.1 million in two trenches, that is 10 million and 10.1 million paid in two different bank accounts of NPO 13. The construction work for, was awarded to NPO 13 the construction work awarded to NPO 13 uh, was awarded to a company owned by a cousin of one of the senior officials of NLC. And company appointed for the construction of the museum, uh, these are the companies which, which were, were, were appointed. The construction company, as indicated, was, was owned by a cousin of the senior official of NLC. Engineering company was owned by the brother of one senior official of NLC. Company B was owned by the wife of the senior official of NLC. Uh, the biggest chunk of the grant went to the above mentioned company. Uh, gratification, NPO 13 paid an amount of 1.5 million to a construction company which was responsible for the building of a house for one senior official of NLC. Value for money, the project was completed but building structure does not correlate with the money paid to the NPO 13 by NLC. SIU is in the process of acquiring savings of a quantity surveyor to determine the value for money in that uh, property. And now when we deal with NPO 1, NPO 1 was formed in Limpopo in 1999 the founding member of NPO1 applied for grant funding and it was not approved. A fraudulent application was submitted to NLC on behalf of NPO1 on 11 September 2017 by hijackers. 
And on 23 October 2017, NLC approved the application and grant funding of 27 million was awarded to the, NT, to the hijackers of NPO1. The purpose for the grant was to build an old age home in Mpumalanga. A financial analysis of the NPO1 is that in October 28, uh, 2017, NPO1 transferred an amount of 5 million to an attorney for the purchase of a property owned by the former NLC board member one. Monies that came from NPO1 and other NPOs went to different companies and was ultimately transferred to the bond account of the former NLC board member one. Almost 5.4 million was paid from different companies that received money from different NPO, including NPO one. Construction of the old age home in Umalanga uh, commenced but remained unfinished to this day, even though it started in 2017. And NPO 14 background, NPO 14 submitted application for grant funding to NLC in 2015, and it was not successful. NPO 14 submit was hijacked by several members known to SIU, and they submitted an application for grant funding to the NLC to NLC on 5 September 2017 for the construction of an all-age home in Northern Cape Province. NLC granted NPO a, a grant total of 27 million. Uh, construct then and out of the grant which was awarded, the company which is appointed in order to do the construction of the old age home are as follow. Construction company was the company that was owned by a cousin of one senior official of NLC. And the engineering company was owned by the brother of the NLC senior official. And the company B, which was used for the construction of old age, was owned by the wife of the senior official of NLC. And the biggest chunk also of this money went to the NLC, to, from NLC went to the above mentioned company. And in terms of value for money, IJETAS abandoned the project at the inception stage. They vanished with all the 20 million paid to NLC, paid by NLC. Project restarted only after further funding by NLC was granted. Despite this, project still remain unfinished till this day. And financial analysis of NPOs uh, 14, it shows that uh, the investigation revealed that 1.5 million was transferred from NPO 14 to private farming businesses, and 3.8 was transferred from NPO 14 to a private company too. NPO 14 also transferred 15 million to NPO 15. And NPO 11, NPO 11 applied for grant funding to develop a boxing arena in the Eastern Cape. The initial application reflects that NPO 11 applied for 24 million funding, but was granted a total of uh, 31 million by NLC. The application form reflects the name of the NPO 11 member who indicated that to the SIU that they don't own NPO uh, 11, whereas in the application form, they are reflected as the applicant of and the owner of the NPO 11. 
And the financial analysis of the NPO 11 it shows as follows. NPO 11 received 1 million from NLC, 7.8 was transferred to one known engineering company, 3 million was transferred to a consulting company owned by one member of a private company, 12. 6.1 million was paid to NPO 11 call account. Financial investigation analysis of uh, private company of private company two that we just mentioned. Private company two received 12.5 million from NPO 11 and other different hijack NPO. After receiving the fund, the money was distributed as followed. A company linked to the brother of NLC senior official received uh, 5.9 million. Trust account opened by one NLC senior official received 3 million. Farming company owned by the NLC senior official fund family received 800,000. Company owned by one NLC senior official received 230,000 uh, and Contribution to the restaurant owned by the wife of one NLC senior official, 500,000. Private company, one owned by one of the key role player, received 6.5 from private company two that received money from different NPO. Appointment of quantity surveyor. The SIU is in the process of acquiring the service of quantity surveyor as indicated and an engineer to conduct, to conduct a value for money exercise in the unfinished building constructed by the NPO for the purpose of recovery through civil litigation. And when dealing with civil litigation, the SIU has commenced with civil litigation uh, proceeding to preserve illegally gained properties and set aside grant awarded to above mentioned NPOs the SIU has started with the preservation of property acquired by members of INGABA, Yokulinda NPO. We will, uh, the next slide will outline what we have preserved. And SIU is currently in the process of appointing senior counsel to institute civil proceeding in the special tribunal to recover stolen money from NPO and NPCE mentioned in the presentation. With regard to the preservation order granted in favor of SIU in respect of the Ingaba Yokulinda NPO, RF 1618 Swarpop Extension 8 Township belonging to Mr. Chifiwa Terence Magogodela, a vehicle belonging to Mr. Jabusi Bande, those are the vehicles which were freeze, and vehicle owned by Bitumeledu. Bitumelo Audi A3 was also freeze. On the main application, the SIU seek to set aside the award of the grant to Ingaba Yokulinda by NLC to an amount of 19.2 million. The SIU will also request the court to order Buisiwe uh, Koza, the CEO of the NPA, to pay back the 5 million, which was used for her personal gain other than what was intended for in terms of the grant agreement uh, with the NLC. With regard to the NPA referral, evidence which points to the commission of offense in uh, referred to NPA for further investigation and prosecution 
10 identified criminal referral against NLC official NPO and NPOCs will be finalized and referred to the National Prosecuting on or before 31 March 2022. In terms of disciplinary referral, a disciplinary recommendation letter dated 13 August 2021 was submitted to the Minister of Trade and Industry for former NLC board member one. The member tenders his resignation immediately after he was requested by the Honorable Member Minister of Trade and Industry to furnish him with reason why he should not be fired as a result of the finding or recommendation of the SIU. And the SIU also submitted a disciplinary recommendation letter to NLC dated 27 August 2021 against senior official of NLC. Disciplinary hearing was conducted from 17 January 2022, and the SIU received the outcome of the disciplinary process. The SIU is still studying the outcome of the disciplinary hearing and will chart the way forward thereafter. And there are some reservations with regard to the way the disciplinary hearing was conducted. Further disciplinary recommendation will be referred to NLC as and when the evidence become available. And with regard to the investigation as advocate indicated, SIU is in the process of finalizing 12 investigations that form part of phase one. Allegations of the said investigation where, which were received in the latter part of 2021 will be finalized around 30th of June 2022. Phase two of the investigation is currently in, in, in we, we have received 22 new, new allegations. The investigation of the new allegation will commence from the 1st of March, which started yesterday, until November 2022. In total, the SIU will investigate approximately 50 allegations relating to irregular, irregular allocation of funds by the NLC to unqualified beneficiary. The SIU will further investigate maladministration in relation to the investment of funds in the National Lottery Distribution Trust Funds contrary to the provision of the Lottery Act. And from here, I will hand over back to Advocate Mutivi so that he can finalize with regard to the observation. Advocate, over to you. Well, thank you, Mr. Lecheto. Uh, I really appreciate that presentation. Honorable Chair, Honorable Members, um, as the Honorable Committee can really observe uh, we have, in our investigation, uncovered a web of corrupt networks. And this, this involves detailed investigation, detailed analysis, and we have, as part of our observations, we have observed the utilization of the modus operandi the method of operation used to siphon money from NLC through various NPOs and NPCs, and of course involving other, other vehicles, whether it's legal firms or any other related uh, vehicles. So that part we have uncovered 
with stringent investigative methods, analyzing the flow of funds. And we now, as my colleague has indicated, have gathered evidence and it's now the time to conclude and refer further actions for, for further outcomes for actioning. We have also observed that there is a high measure of collusion between the NLC officials and the NPOs and NPCs. And of course, we will detail this in the in the report that we will that we will prepare. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Chair. There's a cross line. Can we ask uh, everyone on the platform to mute, please? Besides the speaker. Thank you, Chair. We have also observed a collusion between some board members and NPOs and NPCs. And as we say, we will unpack and particularize the nature of the collusion for purposes of action to be taken. I need to just assure the Honorable Committee that uh, even in instances where either board members or officials who resigned, the resignation, while in its nature, Advocate, I think you're frozen. No, Chair, there's, there's people that keep unmuting themselves and interrupting the advocates. Uh, can we ask the, um, the Secretariat to remove the people from the platform who is disrupting the meeting? We'll do can we ask the advocate to complete, to conclude, please? You were talking about um, NLC officials who resign from the NLC. Advocate, have we lost the advocate? Sorry, Chair. Yes. Uh, this is Kaiser Kanyahu. We, we just had a load shedding or something, but we our generator is recovering. I think he will come back. Okay. Uh, can you, Mr. Kanyahu, can you conclude? <laughs> oh, would you prefer that we wait for the advocate to reconnect? Yes, I would prefer okay. that. Thanks. Um, can we then just ask the secretariat to indicate to us when uh, when the advocate is back on the platform? I mm -hmm. think, yeah, can we just take a comfort break of a minute or two while mm -hmm. we wait for him to rejoin?
Committee Secretary, can we just check with uh, Advocate uh, Motibi? Okay, I'm in the process. I'm in process of checking with his office chair. So if you just Thank give you. me a. Chair Advocate is on the platform, Chair. He's connecting to his audio. Thank you very much uh, for reconnecting, Advocate Motivi. You froze at the point where you were briefing us on members of the NLC who have resigned. If you can just pick up from that point. Thank you. Please unmute. You are muted. Can okay. start afresh. Yeah. Yes. I'm I was just saying apologies for the reconnection. Uh, I'm not sure whether this is load shedding or any other technical problems, but this technicians are looking at it. Sorry about that. Uh, we really apologize. Chair, just to pick up where I ended, um, uh, as I was saying, the resignation, while in its nature, uh, terminates the employer-employee relations, if it's the official, and if it's the board member, it terminates their membership on the board, and of course, consequently, uh, no disciplinary action can be taken. But from a civil recovery perspective, uh, we are still able to take civil action to recover from these people, whether they've resigned or not. From a criminal prosecution or criminal process perspective, we will also ensure that they are they are followed they are followed on. So, Chair, uh, the we have also observed, uh, Mr. Lacheto, please, if you can just uh, reflect the presentation. We have also observed uh, the abuse, the abuse of uh, NPOs and NPCs. Uh, through generally what's called you know, hijacking or just deliberately abusing uh, these this vehicles uh, for purposes of siphoning money and uh, embezzling the money from the NLCs. And we will identify, we've identified that, we will particularize it in the, in the report. Uh, review of proactive funding particular this proactive funding process should be reviewed. There is a measure related to proactive funding process. I think the advocate is still having a connectivity problems. It seems like it because he has frozen again. Advocate. Chair, I'm contact contacting the office to see what's going on, Chair. Okay. And we've gone so well up until this point. 
Um, let's just have a little bit of patience. Um, chairperson, they are looking at the matter. It appears there is load shifting happening at the moment. So they're trying to reconnect as soon as they can, Chair. Can we check whether anybody on the team can conclude and then we can go into a question session with the, with the members while we sort out the connectivity problems of, of advocates? The, the presenter of the presentation, Mr. Leonard, also is off the platform at the moment, Chair. So I'll check with the office again if anyone else can conclude the matter, Chair. Thank you. Chairperson. Honorable Cuthbert. Chair, you did say at the beginning of the meeting that there was a scheduled break. Should we not take that scheduled break now? It seems as if, and I don't want to preempt uh, the SIU's work, but they have, you know, got to the close to the end of their presentation. Should we not take a break now, allow them to get their devices connected properly, and then we can come back, they can quickly wrap up, and we can ask the questions? Yes, that's a very good idea. Um, I will take that uh, recommendation from Honorable Cuthbert. So we'll have a 15-minute break now, and we'll ask the committee secretariat to work with the SIU so that in 15 minutes, let's say at quarter to 11, we come back and we resume with everyone on the platform. Thank you very much. We will break now, uh, committee secretary. I will inform the SIU chair and that uh, we'll break for 15 minutes.
helpful in the process. So all we need to really continue to do is to continue to find all these irregularities, all the corruption, follow the money, freeze the assets, and make sure that the other processes, where there's criminality, actions are taken, where there's uh, irregularities, officials are uh, disciplined, and other regulatory authorities uh, also take action. Chair, I want to uh, pause here uh, and thank you very much uh, for the opportunity uh, for us to present. That is the end of our presentation. Thank you very much, Advocate, and your team uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedules to come and update us. On the 7th of December, we requested, we agreed as this uh, portfolio committee that we would request you to come and brief the committee on an update and give us an update on your investigations and you have done so. So um, given the, 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 the gross corruption, the gross level of corruption and maladministration at NLC, the minister is not part of the portfolio committee and you were requested to come to the portfolio committee. So we will, as soon as we receive the completed report, phase one in March, uh, and you said that report will be with the president in April, that we call the minister and, and his department to come and account to the uh, portfolio committee on action that the department has taken because we can see in the period under, under investigation there has been widespread uh, corruption. So let me um, hand over to the portfolio committee. I see two hands. I see Honorable um, Cuthbert. And then I see Honorable McPherson and Mohatse and Yako. So that's the first round. Let us uh, proceed. Honorable Cuthbert. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chair, I'd like to start off by thanking the SIU for their sterling work. I think they really are one of the few crime-fighting agencies that does their job with pride, and you can see it in their presentation, as well as the immense effort they went into putting all the detail together for this particular presentation. So thank you to them, and thank you for the good work that they do. However, I must say it's disappointing that both the Minister and the NLC's leadership have not chosen to attend this meeting. It just reinforces the point that they are and never were serious about fighting corruption at the NLC. Chair, the only reason we sit here today is because of the hard work of investigative journalists and the opposition for consistently exposing corruption at the organization and applying pressure on government to act. I really wonder what it's like to be an ANC member today and to see how many meant for drug rehabilitation centers, old age homes, and women and youth empowerment has been used for luxury cars and homes. Chair, this is all whilst the ANC sat and smeared journalists, tried to silence the opposition and make sure that we did not uncover the rot. I think that it's really a day of reckoning for these members and I sincerely hope that their consciences are speaking to them today and the fact that they decided to cover this up for as many years as they did. Chair, in saying that, there's some questions that I would like to pose to the SIU. 
um, if they would kindly answer them. The first one is, what is the total value of funds that have allegedly been misappropriated stolen during the first phase of this investigation? So the total amount for the 12 investigations you've spoken to about us today. And then, what has there anything that has been handed over to the Hawks or to the NPA thus far? I understand that there was, sorry. Sorry, there's something in the background there. My apologies. I just want to find out if there's anything that has been handed over to the Hawks or to the NPA, aside from the preservation order that was instituted a couple of weeks ago. And then I would like to also find out what the role of the remaining NLC senior officials and board members has been in assisting with the investigation. And also, have they been helpful or obstructive in that regard? And then I would also like to understand, you know, considering the fact the NLC has received clean orders by default over a number of years from the Auditor General, despite the industrial looting taking place, what recommendations would you have for them to strengthen financial controls and obviously eliminate corruption at the end of the day? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honourable Cuthbert. Honourable McPherson. Uh, thanks, Chair. And really it is, um, I think, the culmination of a very long journey and a very long road that many people have walked on this issue. And I really want to echo the, the sentiments of Honorable Cuthbert that really we would not be in the position that we are today if it wasn't for the very brave work that many journalists did in exposing the rot. Um, and I think that we must particularly make mention of a gentleman by the name of Mr. Raymond Joseph, who at uh, many times put his own life on the line to expose the rot that we see today. And I think that we owe him a great deal of gratitude for ventilating many, many of these issues in the public domain, despite the disgusting attacks that he came under by the National Lotteries Commission, despite the disgusting attacks that he was subjected to by members of this committee and accusations uh, that he was subjected to. And I think that all those that have played a big role in exposing this corruption uh, should uh, should definitely be on it. But this sort of corruption, Chair, does not take place in isolation. It cannot take place in its own, and it cannot take place without being abled and abetted. And regrettably, this committee and members of this committee and previous ministers have allowed what has, what we see today to take place over a seven-year period, and that's how long it's actually been. People have stood by and watched and refused to act. It started in 2015, Chair, when the then former minister, Rob Davies, enacted and enabled proactive funding. And that is the root cause and the root vehicle that all of this corruption has taken place. And I warned then, and I made a written submission to him on it, that this would lead to corruption, it would lead to uh, a, a lack of transparency, and it would end in disaster. And it was completely ignored and rebuffed, and will we now see the result of that. In 2017, the then committee, the Trade and Industry Committee uh, of the Fifth Parliament, uh, I specifically, once these, invest once these 
allegations started coming out, and once Mr. Joseph's reports had started to come into the public domain, said that we should call the leadership of the NLC to the committee and specifically speak to what was then the first instance of corruption revolving Denze, uh, the ANC members of the committee voted against that. I then brought to the committee that the committee itself should investigate the allegations uh, in, into corruption. Again, the ANC uh, members of the committee voted against that. ANC members of this committee uh, did not want the uh, public release of beneficiaries. Uh, they stalled. They aided and abetted at every step of the way those that are now corrupt within the NLC. And really, while we can talk about better financial controls and better uh, procedures within the NLC, we really have to ask ourselves, what oversight role did this committee play? And how did it enable so much money to be looted and stolen from the NLC at the expense of mostly poor black people, the very constituents that members of this committee uh, claim to represent? And quite frankly, I think that this committee should, should do some soul searching uh, and, and reflect on how we got to this position. Uh, because if this committee does not want to change its ways, and if members of the governing party want to continue to protect what is so blatantly wrong and illegal, well, then we're just going to get back to the same position and it will be another entity and it will be other members uh, of those entities that will be doing exactly the same. And I hope, and my real uh, 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 request of the SIU and law enforcement agencies is at the end of the day that people see the inside of jail cells uh, because that's actually what matters. Because there are people that are implicated in this that members of this committee fought for to be the chair of the NLC. Uh, they wanted to extend contracts. They wanted to allow them to stay on, to allow that corruption to take place. And it was only the opposition and members of the opposition in this committee that fought against it. And sadly, we lost those battles. But again, it was the governing party at the forefront of allowing all of this to take place. Uh, so, Chair, uh, I really uh, do want to thank you personally for allowing this issue to come to the forefront now, for allowing the committee to discuss this. But quite frankly, members before you really need to uh, be held accountable as well, as much as we want to hold those in the NLC accountable. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable um, McPherson. Honorable Yaku. Sorry, first Honorable Martz and then Honorable Yaku. Thank you very much, Chairperson. <clears throat> Let me start by apologizing for, for the poor network. I can't be able to open the, the, the video. And then Chairperson, let me welcome the report from the, I, the SIU and thank the SIU for the comprehensive interim report and wish the SIU every success, a very successful 
that every bit of wrongdoings is fully exposed and every cent of public money is fully, uh, fully accounted for or recovered. Chairperson, as the ANC-led government, uh, one of our core mandate is to fight corruption. Uh, I have two clarity-seeking questions, Chairperson. Has the SIU in its investigations found any wrongdoings on the side of the attorneys who received the vast amount of money in the trust account? If so, have the set uh, attorneys been reported to the Legal Practice Council? If not, why? Uh, secondly, uh, secondly uh, Chairperson, if would it be correct to say, had it not been for the support received from the minister and his efforts, your work would have been much difficult to start and reach the advanced stage they are at now. Chairperson, as the ANC-led government, we urge the, the law to take action on that criminals. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Yaku. Um, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, I hope you can hear me. The network here is not that great. No, that's um, We can hear you very well okay. and see you. Okay. Um, thank you very much, Chair. And I want to also thank uh, the SIU for this uh, report. It is quite interesting report. Um, it's quite jarring. It's 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 not a pleasant sight, honestly. It's it's just shocking. Um, how much money can just be taken unceremoniously um, without trail um, from people who are actually supposed to be serving the community? Because here. We've got the building of an old age home, rehabilitation center, athletics tracks, boreholes, youth awards, museum and library, like all things that society really needs. And those are all in incredible ideas. And if only they were executed in the right way, um, we'd be so much further right now than we are. Um, so for me personally, it's, it's just, it's triggering how um, insane the amounts are that have been just looted and taken with no accountability whatsoever. The advocate alluded to the fact that, um, which is I think a very important key because all along NLC has been audited. So which company was auditing the NLC during the years uh, um, covering this investigation? And what is the SIU doing about that particular auditing company? Um, because I really am starting to believe that they were quite complicit in the outcomes um, and in the blatantness and the and the and the the daring nature in which they they took this money, and also I, I must say that you know Minister Patel has not taken this committee very seriously since last year. We in fact the year before we we're complaining about his inavailability and how he's never coming to committee meetings. How he always has an excuse not to come to meetings, and. I don't think he knows who he really accounts to because we come from constituencies where we need to report on what is happening. And he does not take us seriously because we're part of uh, his reporting structure and he's not doing that. 
And I think, Chair, we need to, as a committee, write to him to say we are not happy with the way in which he has conducted himself in terms of being present in our meetings. And also, not just being present, but accounting in a way that respects us, uh, in a way that is honest to us, because it doesn't seem like he does that. He seems to oscillate a lot between languages and he has many words that he speaks, but they don't really make sense in terms of um, the honesty um, and the truth of what is actually happening in his department. Thank you very much, Shay. Thank you very much, Honorable Yaku. Um, Honorable Malameja. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Chairperson, honorable members, SIU team led by Advocate Mutini. Let me take this opportunity, Comrade Chair, and make it clear and be known that it is very easy to speak and very easy to point out forgetting the responsibility of who you are. It is not easy to govern, because when you govern, you govern everybody. And when you govern everybody, you think everybody understands and has got the interest of the country at heart. Now you've got people that you thought they would be doing the right things, only to find out they've ganked themselves to do the wrong things. I'm saying this, comrade, because had it not been the government of the day, ANC-led government, who was so proactive to ensure that they alert the relevant authority to uncover these kind of syndicates, mainly by the people that were trusted to ensure that they take the monies that are intended to the communities to improve the life and the living conditions of our masses and ensure that they are taken to the book. We really need to applaud the ANC. As the ANC will talk, we act. All this was the contribution of the former PC committee chairperson, Comrade Duma, who when he realized this through his committee, he never sat down and said, no, I'll wait. He acted. The minister who today is not here, whom we understand why he's not here, also continue that the SAU cannot just come here if there were no deeds that being initiated by the ANC. However, to the chairperson, appreciating the good work done by the SIU, I've got just a few questions that I just want to be clarified, Comrade, I mean advocate Mutivi and the team. Has the investigation revealed no wrongdoing on the side of the junior officials who received, assessed, and approved applications by the NPOs. You see, Chairperson, the rot cannot only be located amongst the senior officials. It is much deeper than at the top, Comrade. We must be mindful of that, Comrade. The other one, Comrade, will be in the analysis of the investigation team, how was the Financial Intelligence Center not able to flag some of these suspicious transfers of monies? The chairperson, why do we only hear about the movement of money when there are, when there are whistleblowers 
who come out with information. When we have institutions like the Financial Intelligence Center, we should be able to pick any suspicious transition of money laundering and swiftly bring it to the attention of the authorities. I'm saying that, Comrade Chairperson, so that we get clarity. But all in all, Comrade, we welcome the report. And bearing in mind, this report is not yet completed. And it is common knowledge and commendable that we normally deal with the end product before we point out to other people who are doing everything to ensure that we bring corruption down. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Malamaja. Um, Honorable Mulder. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, <clears throat> previous speakers has actually said a lot. I just want to to expand on the, on the elaborate on the, on the following. You know, we are we have been confronted with so many rhetoric um, in this committees and in in Parliament. One of one of the examples is if you look at the website of the National Lottery Board. It says people use this funding to do extraordinary things, taking the lead to improve their lives and communities. Every time you buy a national lottery ticket, you make well make this happen. Now let me congratulate um, Advocate Andy Latibi on a well um, presented investigation and report. I think that the content says it all. And the point that I actually want to make is this, there are consequences. The two types of consequences to the corruption that's gone this far. The one, one set, of course, is it threatens sustainable economic development. It threatens ethical values in South Africa. It threatens justice. It, is, it destabilizes our society and it endangers the rule of law. It also undermines the institutions and values of our democracy. These are some of the rhetoric words that you find in lots of reports and, and um, in speeches in Parliament, etc. This, this occurrence actually threatens this all. This, that's one set of consequences. The second set of consequences is a consequence that should happen that we seldom see. The executive should be held accountable to um, for letting this situation deteriorate as far as it did. There should be consequences. People should be prosecuted. And then um, they should, and in this way, uh, trust should be then reinstated in the lottery. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mulder. Honorable Burns, Mamashi. And then we, the last person will be Honorable Mbiani before we hand over to the SIU. Honorable Burns, Namashi. Uh, thank you very much, um, uh, Chairperson. Uh, and, 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 and Honorable Members of the Committee. And I must also chair um, join uh, members in welcoming uh, this uh, draft report. 
of uh, the SIU. And in, in, in welcoming the draft report of the SIU chairperson, I think there are certain um, uh, distortions uh, and misconceptions that uh, we must uh, correct. Yes, Chair. Let us accept that uh, we may have members of this committee who are so fixated with uh, the hysterical obsession about the ANC being associated with corruption. And what probably some of these members forget is the fact that it is the ANC government, the ANC president, who has signed off uh, the proclamation that has enabled the investigation, precisely because it is part of what the ANC government seek to restore, to ensure that in all government institutions where there are traces of corruption, such must be dealt with within our legal instruments. So to attribute this to anything other than illegitimate processes that have been supported by the president, by the minister, and of course, uh, the support that would have been given to the SIU. That should be very clear, Chair, that The ANC is committed to uprooting any form of corruption. And secondly, Chair, the chairperson of this committee is a member of the African National Congress. And I would appeal to some of the members in this committee to disabuse their mind of this institutionalized paternalistic posturing seeking to patronize 
the chairperson employing old age tactic of divide and rule. It is the ANC that has consciously taken this decision to ensure that no stone must be left unturned when it comes to corruption. So I want to assure everybody in South Africa that the ANC is steadfast in ensuring that corruption will be rooted out of its institutional systems. Whoever may have joined the ANC for purposes of easy access to resources, that has come to a stop. And Chair, as the governing party, we work within a constitutional jurisprudence that has established doctrines, principles, and presumptions. We have to follow all those processes so as to ensure that at the end of the day, when everything else is brought before the courts of law, it will pass the judicial Can you switch off your video? You're breaking up a bit. Thank you very much. It will pass the constitutional master. So, what uh, chair we want to check was remember, this is the draft report. Of course, there are clear indicators and or indications and some work has been done. But there are certain things that I just want to check just for clarity from the SIU component. The first being that, what has the SIU adopted in the interim to prevent members of the other NPOs to dispose of assets they purchased with the stolen money. We, 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 we would be interested in knowing what has been done as yet. And the last question, which is the second one, what remedial action is being taken against the directors of the construction and engineering companies that consciously participated in this criminal syndicate? Because there are bodies that govern uh, the functionality of directors and bodies, professional bodies that deal with uh, some of these uh, professional practitioners. Thank you very much, Chair.
Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Burns Mamashe, Honorable Mbuyani. Chairperson, thank you very much. Uh, uh, can I request that my video is not switch on? I'm a Rotarian, uh, Chairperson, where I'm staying, I can't be able to broadband correctly. Uh, but Chairperson, uh, let me first welcome the report from the SIU. Uh, it's a comprehensive interim report. Uh, now wish the SIU every success in complementing the remainder of its investigation so that every bit of wrongdoing is fully exposed and every cent of the public money is accounted for. Chairperson, the report it paints a picture of an organized metric crime syndicate at work and I welcome the step that the SIU will take on referring criminals uh, charges to relevant authority. That the extent of the alleged wrongdoing points to the important step that the ANC-led government has taken to investigate corruption and wrongdoing. In fact, you can point at many actions by the ANC-led government. We can point to the request by the previous minister to the NLC board to undertake a forensic investigation. When the new administration took in 2019, the new minister immediately put NLC in terms of the account to forensic So, Chairperson, when the NLC sought to challenge the powers, we are able to deal with that. Uh, let me just uh, pose one question here, Chairperson, uh, from, the, from the NLC, uh, I mean the SIU. Uh, in terms of, because we have seen now uh, there are some Twitter being round off of the minister that is not part of the meeting. The minister has apologized, and this report is for the SIU to bring to the committee, not the department. And we further alluded to that to say the minister will come and account as per the department, because this is the entity of the government. Uh, we, we further allowed the minister to come and approach, and has agreed to come and then and, and, and to the committee. Chairperson, uh, my question will be uh, in terms of the process moving forward. Whether do you see any uh, process uh, moving forward in terms of the report uh, by the 9th, uh, 29th, August 2022, or they said it's, uh, it's November. So we would like to appreciate and also I think that by by that time the, the report will be conclusive and I will further do note that the Portfolio Committee uh, received this comprehensive report at that time. Chairperson, in terms of the proclamation uh, 32 of 2020 by the President of the Republic of South Africa, and the president of the ANC to investigate, amongst others, the lottery allocation of the corrupt and fraud at NLC. How many cases have you currently investigated? And uh, how long do you think it will take? Or the timeline for the November is the timeline that has been concluded. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Mbiani, Honorable Motawu. Thanks, Chair, for the opportunity. Um, Chair, let me join members <coughs> to welcome the report 
and applaud the work done by the, by SIU. We hope that this report will not gather dust and bring trouble those who are responsible. Um, I have only two questions, Chair. What action has been taken to locate and hold people involved accountable? And then my second question will be, has the investigation been able to identify the people who use NPOs and how are they connected with the NLC officials? Lastly, Chair, the ANC is committed to clean corruption in our government. We support the report of SIU. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Motawum. Advocate um, Motidi, I hand back to you for responses to you and your team. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members for the questions raised and comments made. Uh, uh, we are encouraged by the welcoming of the, of the presentation. But of course, we'd like to make sure that uh, we conclude the investigations within the timelines indicated so that ultimately the actions can be taken against those who are responsible. I'll start off with uh, Honorable Cuthbert's uh, questions. Uh, what is the total value amount in phase one? Uh, the team has uh, reported that uh, in phase one, to date, they have quantified the amount to be about 300 million, but they are still going on to quantify as there are still 12 further uh, NPOs that still needs to be investigated. So the amount may escalate. Uh, to date, we've not as yet handed over the referrals to the Hawks and the NPA. As we have identified in the presentation, we will be referring those to the NPA by the 31st of March. And those would include individuals, entities, any professionals that may be involved. Uh, the role of the other officials uh, to date, we have identified uh, the officials that, uh, that have been involved and at all levels and at all uh, areas of the processes of NLC uh, and those that have played the role uh, from outside of, of the NLC. Uh, so, so we are busy uh, finalizing uh, those and we will ensure that evidence is presented uh, to all the relevant authorities that require to take action. Recommendations to improve financial controls. Indeed, um, uh, when I dealt with the slide that deals with the outcomes and consequence management, as part of the systemic improvements, part of what we look at is what the investigations may have revealed relating to people failure, process failure, systems failure, and all of this could be in various 
functionalities, whether it's finance or risk management, legal or business processes themselves. And we then ensure that uh, we identify those. Uh, our accountants, forensic accountants that are on board would probably have identified in detail the kind of financial processes that have failed. And we are able then uh, to look at the controls that may be required to improve the environment or even the processes themselves. Uh, Honorable uh, Mac, Mac, McPherson, uh, thank you for the for the questions. Um, the request for SIU to arrest people and make sure that they go to jail, we take that to, into account uh, as part of the investigations already, as we have indicated that we'll refer the evidence pointing to criminal action to NPA, it does mean that from our side, we have pointed out that evidence and also who it relates to in terms of those who needs to be uh, further acted upon uh, when we refer this to NPA and to Hawks. And we remain part of that process and assist that process so that it's handled appropriately and speedily. Uh, Honorable Moate, um, the question relating to has the SIO found wrongdoing on the part of the attorneys, the use of trust accounts, and whether they are going to be referred to LPC? Indeed, uh, as I indicated when I dealt with the slides on, uh, on, 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 on consequence management, on the extreme right of that slide, there's reference to other regulatory authorities and other professional bodies. So, and I think uh, another honorable member asked uh, later on around whether we're going to refer, you know, other professionals to other bodies. Yes, we are going to. Uh, we've identified uh, irregular movements of funds uh, through the trust accounts, and we will ensure that uh, all those identified uh, firms of tennis are referred to the LPC based on the evidence that we have obtained. Uh, how money can be can be spent without trace? Uh, Honorable Moazi, I can really assure you that uh, uh, as we have, as you might have noticed on the presentation, uh, our our investigators and the accountants, forensic, uh, cyber, they've all spent time in analyzing the bank accounts and the movement of funds. And we do that in particular to make sure that we follow the flow of money and trace these funds where they have ended. That is going to assist us with the recovery process from everyone who is involved in this criminal chain. So we, we will make sure that, uh, that uh, we, we continue on that. Um, the issue around the audit, indeed, uh, the investigations revealed that there was a company or there is a company that, uh, that, that conducted the audits. So it is the, 
the investigator's uh, duty at the moment in conjunction with NLC just to go and pick up and find the processes that this company did. Because uh, if they have not done uh, their proper function in terms of auditing this project, uh, then we will ensure without hesitation that they are also taken, uh, uh, taken to, 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 to account. So we will do that, Honorable Mwase, and then we will spell it out uh, in the report that's coming. Uh, Honorable Malimeja, I want to pick up on the question and really agree that uh, this investigation has, over and above the observations we've made, it has indeed exposed uh, the organized uh, syndicates that are really uh, busy uh, siphoning money uh, illegally and on a corrupt basis from the, uh, from the NLC. Uh, and uh, we will ensure that when we engage with our colleagues in the Hawks and NPA, all of those schemes and syndicates and organized crime must be dealt with effectively. Uh, as I indicated, uh, we've received uh, uh, a support from our colleagues at FIC. Uh, so we will continue to engage with them uh, so that going forward, uh, uh, they could they could then flag those kind of uh, of, of instances. We want to again make sure, uh, Honourable Alimeja, to really ensure that we acknowledge the role played by by whistleblowers. Of course, we would like to know proactively in in, in instances of this nature where uh, our colleagues in FIC could flag it uh, proactively. But of course, the whistleblowers play a very important role. And most of the allegations that we receive, we receive from whistleblowers, and we really make sure that they are protected, their lives are not uh, at risk. Uh, uh, we, 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 we do all we can to ensure that as we investigate, we do not prejudice or put them in harm's way. Uh, and, and we've got processes that we, that we follow. Uh, Honorable Melder, um, holding the executive to account. Uh, indeed, uh, I want to assure the Honorable Committee that when it comes to consequence management, uh, we look at all levels. It doesn't matter at what level the individual or the person is, uh, including junior officials. Uh, I think I'm uh, this was the question raised by Mr. Malimeja. The junior officials will also be pointed out who are involved in all these processes. Uh, and including if there's evidence that points to that, uh, the executive authority and the accounting authority in the form of a board, uh, board members, and we've already uh, demonstrated that uh, uh, there were actions against you know, other uh, board members, uh, former board member one and two. And we'll continue to assess the evidence to ensure that we don't let anyone off the hook. Uh, Honorable uh, Benz uh, Namase, or perhaps just to, uh, to, to conclude on Honorable Melder, uh, yes, on the prosecution side, of course, we will ensure that we refer those matters to NPA and the Hawks and support that process 
to ensure that the NPA makes an appropriate decision uh, uh, regarding the prosecution. Uh, Honorable Benz Namanse, I want to pick up on the question that you have indicated. Um, in all in all government instances where there are traces of corruption, it must be dealt with within the legal instruments. I, I really agree with that. Uh, and the processes that uh, we, we employ are processes uh, in accordance with the legislation. Uh, firstly, the legislation that uh, uh, regulates uh, our, our business, which is the SIU Act, and if we make any findings relating to either its referral of criminal offense, the criminal offenses that we identify would have been in terms of the applicable criminal law. Our investigators are appropriately trained to identify that. When it comes to civil litigation, we do that within the framework of the civil law um, and, and all other referrals and regulatory authorities. Uh, so we want to make sure that the rule of law uh, reigns supreme, uh, to make sure that uh, everyone is dealt with in accordance, in accordance with the law. Now, the other question is what has SIU done or what has SIU adopted to preserve the assets? Uh, in terms of uh, our civil litigation powers, uh, we have got the uh, the authority to institute civil litigation uh, uh, either to the High Court or to the Special Tribunal. But as I said when I presented, since the inception of the Special Tribunal, we take our civil litigation matters to the Special Tribunal, which was proclaimed by the President in 2019 already. And we have seen that the Special Tribunal it really speeds up the recovery process the process of cancelling any of the irregular actions that would have been taken by state institutions, including, including at an early stage where the investigators are pointing out wrongdoing on behalf of anyone, including preservation of assets, preservation of bank accounts, and all other, and all other instruments that the perpetrator may have acquired. So in this case, there is an example that we have identified in the presentation where we have made preservations and those assets will be preserved until the civil litigation process is over. The investigators, I have given strict instructions that we must be even-handed, we must be fair and ensure that we show the same, the same approach on anyone. Where there is wrongdoing, and we have done a financial profiling, as you can see that part of the presentation is the financial investigation. As part of that financial investigation, we do financial profiling of anyone that may have benefited corruptly, unduly, irregularly. And when we come to that finding, we then institute a process to say we have identified his or her assets, this is where they are, and we approach the courts so that it's done within the legal framework to preserve, to preserve those assets. So that they, these uh, people who benefited irregularly should not continue uh, to benefit 
and also that they should not dissipate these assets uh, before, before the process is over. Um, oh yeah, uh, there's a question uh, still by uh, Honorable Benz Namase. What remedial actions are taken against directors, professionals, and, and other practitioners? Uh, just to also assure you, Honorable, uh, honorable Member, that uh, uh, in terms of these NPOs or NPCs or other entities, other companies that are involved, when we find, when we return an adverse finding against them, and we identify their involvement, we also ensure that uh, the, the, the actions are taken not against the juristic person, which is the company, but also the individuals, individual directors. Uh, and, 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 and we'll continue to do so to an extent that these directors should also be declared uh, delinquent, if appropriate. And again, there's a legal status, there's a legal uh, approach there's a legal requirement to declare the directors uh, delinquent and to hold them to account in any particular way. So we will make sure, and all the other professionals, whether it's engineers or any others that are identified, we will ensure uh, in line with our consequence management approach that the professional bodies regulating these professions are informed, evidence is sent, and we support that process to hold them to account and take appropriate action against them. Uh, I'd like to really just welcome the, the uh, comments by uh, Honorable Mbuyani. Yes, indeed, agreed that uh, we are dealing here with clear evidence of organized, organized crime. Uh, and the referrals to NPA and HOCS will be made as soon as we concluded the evidence and the evidence pack and the timeline that we have put, we will ensure that uh, they are they are referred. Now, in terms of the the, the timelines and the reporting lines, uh, the legislation that governs our work says uh, from time to time we may give progress reports to the president as required. But of course, uh, we also give status reports to the Honorable Committee. We also give progress reports to the state institutions. But the ultimate uh, progress report uh, uh, is given to the president and the final report is also given to the president. So we have identified timelines. Uh, we said in April, we will give a report to the president, and that because the overall investigation would not be concluded in law, that would be a progress report to the president. It would be an interim report, uh, which the president may, in his uh, in his assessment, either make public or make it available to the committee as the committee may request. Uh, and the November deadline is then the deadline that the team. Uh, after assessing all that needs to be required, uh, and then put that deadline as the you know, overall uh, investigation deadline. And once we have completed the whole investigation, by law, we are requested, we are required 
to submit the final report uh, to the president. Uh, Honorable Chair, um, I think those are the questions that were raised by the members. Uh, we welcome the, the comments, really welcoming this, uh, this presentation and the report to the committee. We will ensure that we stick uh, to the timelines. We will ensure that the actions that we have taken or identified are acted upon speedily in the interest of holding those who are responsible to account. So I would like to pause here, Honorable Chair, and thank the Honorable uh, Chair and the Honorable Members uh, for the opportunity to respond. Thank you. Thank you very much, Advocate. Uh, we look forward to the phase one report. You say that will be going to the president in April. Um, we hope that uh, you will avail yourself to come and speak to us as a portfolio committee and through us to the people of our beautiful land, South Africa, because we know that with one cent that goes to corruption, we are disadvantaging our poor communities. So we are committed by the call of the president to fight corruption. And we note your logo advocate, which is a cobra ready to strike. And we're saying strike, strike fast and strike swift because we want everybody who is guilty of corruption and malicious maladministration to meet the full might of the law. So we thank you very much for coming to us today and we look forward to further engagements until all corruption is rooted out in this entity. But of course, as the government, we are saying wherever corruption is found, it must be dealt with. Thank you very, very much. Um, I think we thank can- you. Thank you, Chair. Yeah. I think we can excuse the uh, SIU. I see there's a further uh, hand from Honorable um, Cuthbert. Honorable Cuthbert. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Just to support your suggestion about when that report becomes available, if we can kind of pin that in on our program for the next term to make sure that we set up that engagement with the SIU so that they can take us through the report. I found it very useful for them to come here and explain it to us and provide context, which you would have, wouldn't have otherwise had having read it ourselves. So I think I'd like to support you on that front and we'd appreciate um, you know, the invitation being accepted by the SIU. Thank you, Honorable um, Cuthbert. Yes, we are all together in this fight against corruption, but we will definitely program it into our, our PC program for next term. Um, thank you very much. Uh, can we have the agenda so that we can move on to our next agenda item and thank uh, the advocate and his team and whoever else is on the platform for having come here to listen to the, the presentation by the SIU. We thank you. Thank you, Chair. Can we be excused? Yes, you are. Thank you very much. Can we have the agenda, uh, please?
is Mr. Hermans off the platform? No, I'm on the platform. Mr. Margaret is supposed to share okay. the thing. Baby, we go check. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, committee members, for your robust interrogation of this update from the SIU. And I think we will agree that it's work in progress, and we will also make sure that we um, invite the minister to come once we have the, the, the final report, the final phase one report. Um, so I think we are doing quite well in terms of time. It is now 10 to 12. It looks like we'll be able to conclude our, our meeting. Um, we will conclude our meeting by our normal 12 o'clock. Um, and we're doing quite well in terms of time. So our next uh, agenda item is a consideration of the draft program. And I just want to go to a letter that... Um, that explains why we are uh, looking at a, a revised program. And um, we will ask uh, the, the, the committee secretary to take us through the, the, the proposed uh, revised program. But given uh, the letter that I received um, from the department, um, it gives us it. I'm going to just read directly from the letter. Given, this is the second paragraph of the letter, given the concerns raised by the stakeholders in this round of public comments, that is the round that, um, that we just con concluded on the, um, I think, on the 3rd of December. Remember that we had, um, we called, we advertised for inputs. So given the round of that, that uh, uh, public comments, the department's officials have requested that they be given time to address the technical matters raised during the commentary period. Some of the comments raised have possible unintended consequences to institutions such as libraries, the education sector, and the broadcasting industry. The comments re require careful consideration, which necessitate that due consideration is afforded. It is for this reason that the department requests until the end of April to consider the submissions before providing its input to the portfolio committee. That is the letter that was received from the minister. And um, we have therefore, because we want a I think it's in everybody's interest that we have a thorough process and we take uh, all our uh, submissions that we have received um, into uh, consideration and that proper work be done on it. I think committee members, you will agree with me that uh, we will then look at uh, the end of April for the department to come back to us. So. If there is no objection from committee members to, to that request for a uh, postponement, then I will ask the uh, PC secretary to flight the proposed agenda and to speak to the changes. Thank you. Um, Chair, thank you. Um, Margaret is um, flight. Um, the 
In light of the decision, Chair, we worked on the draft program for the committee's consideration, and the CAB would have been started, deliberations on CAB would have started on the 8th of March. So technically for two weeks, we we, we, we were required to, to really look, to look at the program and amend it accordingly, Chair. The first item that we have that changes is on the 8th of March. We were requesting the DTIC to give us a status on the SEZ's chair, which is quite important. Then chair on the 9th of March, um, although the DTIC and SABS and NRCS briefed the committee initially on the Toyota quantum panel, they, the emphasis was not on the remedial action addressed to the Minister of Trade and Industry. And in terms of the referral, the committee's report should reflect whether they are uh, um, 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 in support of the action and express a view on that. Hence, we requested the DTIC to, and NRCS and SABS to come back and focus specifically on the remedial action address and, and on, on in, the, in that regard. Then, Chair, we will then have a the consideration of the first draft of the second and third quarter financial and non-financial performance of the DTRC. Chair, we have completed the initial draft of that report. Hopefully, by with your guidance, we will mo most likely release it to to the members on Friday for their, and we most likely will request for their comments for the concluding remarks and recommendations in that regard. On the 15th of March, Chair, we will receive a briefing by the Competition Commission on its Economic Concentration Report, Chair, and we will then also formally, con formally consider the second and third quarter financial and non-financial performance of the DTIC's report. Then on Wednesday, Chair, we will receive a briefing by the Companies and Intellectual Property Commission on its financial and non-financial performance of for the 2021-22 financial year to date, means the first three quarters, Chair. And we'll also ask the Companies Tribunal to provide the same to the committee. Then on the 22nd, the, the program remains exactly the same, Chair. Um, the Minister or the Department will brief the, com the, the committee on the, on the re economic reconstruction and recovery plan. And then on the 23rd, we will receive a briefing by the National Consumer Commission on its financial and non-financial performance, Chair. And then we'll consider the first draft report of, of the, PP, the Public Protectors Report on the, that day. On the 20th of March, 29th of March, that item remains exactly the same, Chair. We will get the briefing by the DTRC on a strategic and annual performance plans, which will reflect on SONA and and the budget as it relates to its mandate. Then on the 30th March, we will have a short meeting chair just to consider the formal consideration of the report on the public protector regarding Toyota matter. And then we'll consider the second quarter um, program. Chair, all matters that has fallen off the program, we have captured and we will include it in the second quarter, the next second quarter program for this for this calendar year for the committee's consideration on the 30th of March. So nothing will fall off, fall, fall through the cracks, Chair. We've captured all everything that was taken off and that will be considered in the second term. But that is the program that we have in front of us, Chair, which we'll then submit to the House Chairperson. Of course, it changes substantially the gender items on our program, Chair. Thanks. Thank you very much, uh, Secretary. Uh, 
PC members, there is the proposed changes to the agenda and the reasons why we have changed it. Can I then just um, check whether there's any, any, um, I see Honorable Mbiani. I recognize yep. you. Okay, thank you very much, Chairperson, for the opportunity. Chairperson, as you outlined that there's a letter from the department, I proposed that we adopt the program uh, as it presented by the Secretariat. Thank you very much. Thank you. There we have a mover for the adoption of the program. Can I check if there's a seconder to that proposal? Yes, Chair. Ms. Moatsi, Chair. Okay. Chairperson, I second Honorable Moatsi, you second it. Yes, Chairperson. Thank you very much. So that... Um... Chair, you muted yourself, Chair. <laughs> In a long morning. Uh, uh, Thank you very much. So you'll uh, circulate the amended uh, the the amended program then to PC members. Chair, yes, I will do that, Chair, but also submit it for your signature so that we can submit it to the okay. House Chairperson because there's a number of changes to the significant changes to the program. Okay, Thanks. no, that's fine. Thank you very much. Um, that in, that concludes our agenda for for today. Can I just ask you to speak to our next um, our next uh, meeting as a PC uh, secretary? Chair, our next meeting will be on the eighth, where we will receive a briefing by the DTRC on the SEZ chair. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, members, uh, for a very fruitful session. Uh, have a very good uh, day further. Thank you very much. I thank, you. You. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Chair. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Recording stopped. Thank you. Long live, Chair. Long live the Chair. Even late today.